Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Uh, Sam is somebody you know. Uh, Sam might be your neighbor. Uh, Sam might be your husband. Sam might be your son or your dad. Sam might be you this Christmas. Um, you, you look at your life and, and it's just frustrating. You know, you, you're, you're going about your business just kind of trying to grind it out. You're hustling to make it. And, and maybe you felt like that. Maybe you felt like Sam and, and you've looked at your life and you've thought, is this all there is? Like, is this it? Am I, am I really making a difference in the world? Am I, is, there, is there a purpose behind the daily grind? Is there a purpose behind all the hustle? I think, I think we can all kind of relate to Sam. I think we can look at our lives. And, and here's the thing. Like, I may not know your story, but I do understand that pretty much all of us uh, are, are, are the same in our humanity and brokenness. And Christmas, the thing about Christmas is it's the season that takes its finger and it puts it on that part of your life. And it exposes those frustrations because it's a reflective time and, and people are celebrating and everybody seems to to, to be full of Christmas cheer, but then you look at yourself and you're just kind of like, I don't know, is, is this it? Is this all I got? Well, I'm super glad that you're here today because we're kicking off a brand new series. My name is Josh. I'm the lead teaching pastor uh, at Vertical Church, and we are incredibly thankful for our friends here at Broadcast Church for opening uh, their doors to us and inviting us to have uh, our, our weekend uh, worship experience here. And, uh, and the reason I'm so excited about this Christmas series is because at the beginning of the year, in, at the beginning of this year, uh, we, we did a series called We Can Do This. And the very, like the main idea of that series was really simple. It was just that your outlook will often determine your outcome. How you see life, how you see uh, the, the things coming against you, how you see uh, anything you see will, will determine your ability to walk into the promise of God. Your perspective impacts the promise of God and your ability to walk into it. And so as we're closing out 2018, we're going to come back to that idea with this, this series, Do You See What I See? And it raises uh, a question that we've all asked God. Like at some point or another, we've all had that conversation with God that kind of goes, God, God, it's like Sam, I see frustration when I look at my life. I see difficulty. I see the difficult people that I've got to work with. You know, maybe for you, it's the person uh, in, in the lane beside of you, or, or maybe it's the, the person in a cubicle or an office or, or somebody at your construction site. And, and it's like, God, do you see the kind of people I got to work with? Maybe, maybe for you, it's like, God, do you see this marriage? This is not what I signed up for. I, I, when I look at my life, I see health problems. I see financial lack. God, God, do you see what I see? Do you, do you, do you see me? Sometimes we've asked God that question. Like, God, do you even see me here now? Christmas is that time that, like, those kind of questions just 
hit us all the time. And so today, I want to I kick off this series, Do You See What I See?, uh, with a message titled, Change Your Sight, Change Your Season. Change your sight, change your season. Here's what I believe. If you will change your sight, God will change your season. Amen? Amen. If you will change your God will change your season. And to do that, we're going to be looking at probably the most well-known Christmas passage of all time, Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at the shepherds, and we're all going to daydream about Charlie Brown and Linus uh, in, the, in the Christmas special. And so uh, when, I, when I read this passage of Scripture, like, that's what I see. I see Charlie Brown. I see Linus. I see Linus dropping his blanket when he talks about Jesus, and it's just great. And I hear it all in King James English. Amen? I'm not preaching from the KJV, but that's how I hear it. And so it's a great passage because what it, what it shows us is that when God decided to initiate his rescue plan to save humanity, to, to come to the earth, to be born, the first people that he called up were not the rabbis. When, when God says, all right, it's time, like it's the time has come, I'm going to, to initiate this new chapter in my plan, he didn't call up the Pharisees. He didn't find the religious elite. He didn't go hunting for a priest or, 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 or somebody in the, in the upper echelon of, of Jewish culture. God, when he decided to move, God picked ordinary, dirty, lower class shepherds. And I think God was making a statement yeah. when he did it. Because yeah. I think he wants us to know that, that this gospel that I'm initiating here, this gospel that, that's taking on a, uh, this, this new move, it's not for the elite. It's not just for the haves. It's not just for the religious. This thing is for everybody. And God says that when he picks shepherds to be the first people on the scene. Check this out. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Here's how Luke puts the story. And there were living, living, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, why were they living in the field? Let's just pause right there because we've got to we got to understand this if we're going to understand the shepherds. Well, shepherds did not punch a clock. Like shepherds. I'm not going to stop right there because I think if I stop right there, it goes out. All right, I won't do that. Uh, shepherds didn't punch a clock. They didn't work nine to five. They, they, their job consisted of them living in the field with the sheep. And because of that, they had certain difficulties being assimilated into the Jewish religious system. Mainly because of, because of where they lived, because of what they lived around. You know, like if you live in the field with the sheep, you're going to have a certain odor about you and you're going to have a certain dirtiness about you. And Jewish people were all about being clean and taking baths and, and coming to the temple clean and all that. And, and then the shepherds, they had, they had dirt under their fingernails and, and sheep poop on their sandals, right? And sometimes it was switched around. They had, you know... <laughs> Dirt on their sandals and, you know, under their fingernails. But anyway, here's the point. The point is they were ceremonially unclean. They could not go to the temple to make sacrifice. Here's what that means. They couldn't worship God like all of their brothers and sisters in the Jewish 
faith. They couldn't do it. They couldn't worship God that way. They were not allowed to come into the presence of God. In other words, they were outsiders to the presence of God. Right. They, and and you've got to imagine, you know, they couldn't keep the law. They couldn't bring a sacrifice to atone for their sins. So, so these shepherds are out in the field at night. And, and you know what happens at night. Like when you can't sleep, you just start asking these questions. And so I imagine the shepherds are there and they're looking around at the sheep and the, the night sky. And they're just wondering, is this it? Is, is this all my life's ever going to be? I'm never going to be allowed to go into the temple. I'm just going to live separated from the presence of God. This is, is this all there is? And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe, maybe you know, you're hustling and grinding and you're working it and, and, and it's just day after day and, and, and you get the paycheck and you put it immediately into the bank because you got to go Christmas shopping to get some presents right and you're just hoping something doesn't break at Christmas time. Why is it that every transmission goes out at Christmas? Why is it that your HVAC system doesn't decide to go out in March when you've got your tax return? Right. No, it goes out in December when you've already been strapped for cash. You've already kind of used your reserves and now something breaks. And the shepherds are kind of like that. They're just, they're thinking, man, I hope I don't break a staff. You know, I hope, I hope I don't like break my sandals out here in this field. And, and I'm just trying to, trying to make it. And so they're in the fields. It's nighttime. They're watching over these sheep. And then look what happens. Verse nine, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Of course they were. It's the middle of the night. It's dark. It's, it's, it's not like, you know, if we go out in the middle of the night here, we got street lamps and, and city lights, and it's just kind of a glow, and you can kind of see. This is just the fields near Bethlehem. There are no street lights. They may have like a little campfire, and that's it. And so all of a sudden, it goes from pitch dark to like noonday glory of God shining, of course they're scared, right? They're, 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 they don't know what to do. And then the angel speaks, uh, which would probably be scary enough, but verse 10, the angel said, do not be afraid. Easy for you to say, you're an angel. I'm a shepherd, I'm going to be scared. I will, I'm bringing you good news that will cause great joy, and here it is, here's God's statement, for all the people. Yeah. Not for some, for a few, for the ones who can get it right. The, shepherd, the, the angel doesn't say, hey, I'm bringing you good news for people, but it doesn't actually, you don't count. You're not part of this group. It's good news for everybody but you because <laughs> you're shepherds and you can't, you can't receive this. No, no, no. Uh, the, the angel says this is for, for everybody. And, and you don't want to miss this because God's, saying, God's telling us, listen, my son's coming into the world. He's going to save all people. And I'm not going to the professionals first. Shepherds, I'm coming to you first. I'm coming to you because if this good news can reach your heart, it can reach anybody. And if this good news can come to you first, it can come to anyone. And so the angel continues, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, when I picture this, I picture those 
angels uh, showing up, and, and it says, you know, the whole heavenly host, right? And so when we look at our artwork and we look at, like, you know, specials on TV when this scene happens, it's like this, this whole host of angels, they're all wearing choir robes, and they've all got little harps, and they're singing this beautiful song. That is not correct. It's not what Luke said. Listen, to, look at this, look at this. The word host doesn't mean choir. It means army. So let me read this to you again. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly army appeared with the angel. Now, that gives a little bit of a different tint to the story, doesn't it? It gives you a little bit different image. Like, wait a second, that angel showed up and then there was an army of angels? That's right, there was an army of angels coming to do battle. And their battle strategy was worshiping Jesus. That's their battle strategy. This is an army. This is an army of angels. And the way they're going to, going to fight this war, the way they're going to wage this battle is they're going to worship Jesus. And so here's what I want you to understand today. You might be like a shepherd. You might feel that, that like when it comes to church, like I'm not religiously trained. I'm not prepared. I can't be used by God. I don't have anything to offer. You have the exact same weapon that the armies of heaven wield. Yeah, that's right. You have the same weaponry in your arsenal that the angels have in theirs. Right. Worship. When they go to do battle, they don't do it with spears and sticks. They do it with songs and praise. Yeah. They worship Jesus. And so you might find yourself like a shepherd in the middle of a dark night and darkness is all around. But you can choose to call on God's name and give glory to him in the darkness and start giving him glory and praise. And then suddenly when this happens, check this out. When this happens, suddenly you're joined by the armies of heaven. When you decide that I'm going to worship God in the midst of this field, you're joined by the armies of angels surrounding you, putting on a worship service in the middle of the field in the middle of the night. Don't, don't miss this detail. At this point in time, no Caesar no king or queen, no president, no prime minister knew what was happening. But God told some shepherds. And before the shepherds could go tell anybody, before the shepherds could go worship Jesus themselves, they watched the angels worship Jesus. And so you might feel frustrated. You might feel over, overlooked and overworked and defeated and hopeless like, like you don't have anything to bring to the battle. You might be looking at God and saying, God, do you see what I see? I got nothing to bring. I, you might be looking at our church. You got nothing to bring. You got kicked out of your last place. <laughs> Which isn't true. That's not the truth. And God would say, yeah, I see what you see. But I also see the potential of a worshiper in you. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you see. I see your life. I see what you got going on. But I see your ability to bring glory to my son. Think about this. Jesus, the one who created the world, is born into the world that he creates. And the first thing that happens when he is born is that he is worshipped as the king that he is. 
and God sends angels to worship him. And God picks shepherds to worship him. And the shepherds are the first human beings on the planet to worship Jesus in the flesh. Shepherds. Blue collar, ordinary, grinding it out, working every day, people. Just like you. Just like me. First people to worship Jesus. Let's keep on going. What else happens in this story? Luke 2, verse 15, picking it up there. When the angels uh, had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him and they, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. I want you to see that. Because what's the title of today's sermon? Today's sermon. Change your sight, change your season. What did they do? They heard the proclamation that Jesus is born, and then they go see him. They're in the field. God, do you see what I see? And God says, I see what you see. Now I want to show you something else so you can see what I see. And what did they see next? Jesus. If you'll change your sight, God will change your season. And he changed their season. Let's keep on going. Verse 18. And all who heard about it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. They're worshiping God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I love this. It's the last people we expect are the first people God chooses. It's so awesome to me that, that God would do that. It's like, it's like God says, you know what? I'm going to level the playing field from everybody. I don't care if you're black or white or mocha. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're red or blue or polka dotted. I don't care if you're rich or poor. I don't care if you were raised in church or you've never been to church. I see potential yeah. worshiper Amen. in you. And the shepherds tell us that. But they don't just tell us that. They don't stop right there. Look, look at, let's jump back to verse 17 and 18 again. When they had seen him, change your side, change your season. They spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds aren't just the first humans to worship Jesus in the flesh. They're also the first human beings to tell others they've met Jesus. You change your sight, God will change your season. Listen, nothing has changed in 2,000 years of the gospel being preached. If the gospel's going to work, if the church is going to grow, if people are going to get saved, it's not going to be because of a sermon that I preach or some other preacher preaches on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon. It's not going to be because we sing a really good song. What changes the world is when ordinary, normal people, shepherds just like you and me, living in a world that needs to know Jesus and needs to hear the good news, not just that God has come, but that God has come for them. Yeah. When we change our sight, when we get our eyes fixed on Jesus, we realize the potential of being a worshiper. Yeah. Then God changes our season and realizes the potential we have to be an evangelist. Yes. It's what changes the world. Amen. Every time. Every time. It's not the religious professionals that change the world. 
It's not the, it's not the, the, the religiously trained and educated. That thing's, all that's great. I've done a, a good bit of that. Did the whole seminary thing. I love it. It gives you all the, it gives you so much um, uh, knowledge and information and, and understanding and, and tells you the rules so that you can break them and all that's great. <laughs> that's not how the world gets changed. That's right. All of that. All of that schooling, all that education, you know what it's for? So that you can be an equipper of people for ministry. So you can better equip people. Because ministry happens on the front lines. Right. Ministry happens. My job, I, I left ministry to do ministry. What do you mean, Pastor Josh? That means, here's my job as a pastor. This is what Paul says in, in the New Testament. He says, my job as a leader, as a pastor, is to equip you for ministry. I don't actually get to do ministry. My whole job is equipping people, empowering you, coaching you, encouraging you. You've got this. You're going to change the world, and God's going to do it. You are the best equipped person to share Jesus with people in your circle. You are. Not me. I, the shepherds show us this. I want, I want you to see this. The shepherds show us that God has something hidden in us that he's going to change our sight and change our season. And because of that, we're going to see something about the gospel that no one had ever known or realized before. And it's because they were shepherds. Look at this. When, when the shepherds found Jesus, what was he wrapped in? What did Linus say that he was wrapped in? Swaddling clothes, right? Okay. So he's wrapped tightly, right? Uh, he, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. Jesus isn't the only baby to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, okay? It's not, it's not like something uh, surprising to wrap a baby this way. But to a shepherd, it meant something completely different. You see, a shepherd would raise sheep, and as they're raising sheep, Sheep would be born, and they're like, "All right, you know, this one kind of has got some beefy legs. You know, it's going. This, this is going. This, this is a meat sheep, right? Like this, we're going to raise this sheep to to get some meat. You know, later on down the road, this sheep. Oh, this is a look at the wool on this sheep. This is so fine. We're going to raise this sheep to be a blanket, right? Like we're going to we're going to shear this one. This is going to be great. But ever so often, there would be a sheep born that was completely spotless, blemish free." when they saw that sheep, they said, oh, we got to set this one aside as a sacrificial lamb. Because, because in those days, they, they would only sacrifice spotless, blemish-free sheep because they didn't bring their B-rated sheep to God. They gave God their best. Right. Different sermon for a different day, right. but anyway. So they would take these spotless sheep. Shepherds, would, they'd take these spotless sheep. They would separate them. They would put them in a different pen because these are now set aside as the sacrificial lambs to, for, for, for people to offer as a sin offering to God. And you know what they would do with them? They would wrap them in swaddling clothes. Shepherds had a particular cloth that they would wrap those sheep in because they got to keep them spotless and blemish-free. So when the shepherds saw this, it hit them in the face. This is no ordinary baby. Right. There's something special about this child. When they, when they saw him, they understood there was something different, that this was the Lamb of God. 
born into the world. Like John says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. They see him lying in a manger wrapped up in the swaddling cloths that they would wrap sheep in. And they knew automatically this kid is different. And the only reason they knew that is because they were shepherds. They saw differently than everybody else. Change your sight and God will change your season. God sees ordinary people with extraordinary potential. He sees your potential as a worshiper and he sees your potential as an evangelist. And so you might just, you might look at yourself and you, God, do you see what I see? I'm just a stay-at-home parent. Like I just, I just stay at home and I'm grinding it out, God. And, and do you see, God? God, do you see that I never sleep? God, do you see that it's a miracle if I get a shower? God, do you see that my kids are going to die of scurvy because I feed them mac and cheese and goldfish all day? <laughs> God, do you see? God, do you see that I'm busting my behind? I'm delivering these packages. I'm working as a cashier. God, I'm teaching math to third graders. God, I'm working two jobs just to try to afford Christmas and gymnastics and soccer and braces, God, and I'm, God, I'm raising my kid by myself because my, my partner left and the marriage failed and I'm just here alone. God, do you see? Do you see what I'm working with? And God's answer is Christmas. Christmas. God's answer is Christmas. Yes, I see you. I see you. I see your life. I see what you're going through. I know you feel ordinary. I know you feel forgotten. I know you don't feel equipped, but I see you and I see so much more in you than you see right now. So, so the question becomes, God, do you see what I see? We ask God about that, about our lives. God, do you see what I see about my life? God, do you see what I'm packing here? God, do you see what I came equipped with? And God says, yeah, I see it. Do you see what I see? He flips the question on us. Do you see what I see about your potential? Do you see what I see about your life? Do you see what I see about Worship, do you see what I see about your ability to share the gospel with people in your circle? If you'll change your sight, God will change your season. So what are you looking at this Christmas? What, what are your eyes focused on this Christmas? What are your eyes focused on right now? Right now, this would be a great time to just let the Holy Spirit open your eyes. Just open your eyes. Matter of fact, I'm just going to invite everybody in the whole room just to stand with me right now. Pastor Hope's going to start playing on the keyboard. She's going to lead us into some worship this morning. And I'm just going to invite you right here and right now. Yes, God sees it all. God sees the frustration. God sees the pain and the disappointment. But he also sees the potential. So I want you just right now, right where you're standing, just go ahead and close your eyes and open up your heart this morning. If you'll change your sight, God will change your season. If you change what you see. Well, how do I change what I see, Pastor Josh? I want to do that, but, but, but I'm so focused on, on, on what I see right here and right now. How do I change that? You put your eyes on Jesus. That's what the shepherds did. They went to see Jesus. They heard about him. They heard the proclamation. And then they went to see him.
So this afternoon, you have a choice to make. Christmas is God's answer. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Now, would you just listen for his voice? Because he's asking you, will you change what you see so you can see what I see? Because I see untapped ability in you. I see purpose and potential. Just take a moment right now. Jesus, I want to I see myself the way you see me. I want to see myself through your eyes. So I'm going to turn my eyes to you. so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.